0: Hello, my name is Georgina Brennan and I work at the Molecular Ecology and Fisheries Genetics Laboratory at Bangor University. I'm interviewing today uh, Professor Simon Creer on his recent paper published in Methods in Ecology and Evolution. So my first question, Simon, is what is your paper about?
1: The paper is really A very simple distillation of the different specifically sequenced, DNA sequenced and RNA sequence based approaches that we can use to assess the biodiversity of all sorts of different uh, communities. Ranging from very simple barcoding work right the way through to shotgun sequencing of mixed communities of large and small organisms. Really just to try and understand the constitution of biodiversity better. After we gave a symposium in Lille in 2014, a joint meeting between the BES and the Ecological Society of France, we got together a bunch of people and we talked about these different methods and what we wanted to do in the paper is to really provide a sort of bite-sized one-stop shop where ecologists could go and then find out about the different approaches and identify the strengths and weaknesses in relation to the ecological questions that they have.
0: So your paper focuses on different sequencing methods. So why is this collection of sequence-based methods important in ecological research?
1: Well, for a number of years now, I've been going to conferences and I see many presentations where I see lots of people performing traditional taxonomic approaches to try and classify the species in their samples. And because different technologies have evolved over the past few years, I think it's just timely really to just to bring these approaches to the attention of ecologists, because the sort of way that we can assess biodiversity tends to be in a more high throughput fashion and also we can use different approaches that can identify all sorts of different uh, facets of the tree of life ranging from prokaryotes, fungi, microbial eukaryotes, myofaunal organisms and now also if you can get the genetic information from an environmental sample into a DNA sequencing platform then we can also do microbial taxa as well. So this lends itself to all sorts of different ecological analyses
0: so I suppose my next question is: Other than ecologists, who else should read this paper?
1: I think the paper is important, obviously, to ecologists, but also it's particularly relevant to different stakeholder groups as well. Again, on the on the UK and European circuit, uh, molecular ecologists have been engaging not only with ecologists but also with stakeholders to identify how we can use some of our approaches to assist in, for example, routine biomonitoring programs, and. We've made substantial progress over the past few years in that now there's almost an annual meeting whereby stakeholders and molecular ecologists from around the UK and now in Europe get together to explore what different labs are doing in relation to targeted biodiversity approaches to track single species, maybe from just a simple uh, quantitative PCR approach. But as the field matures, there is a potential that we can start using some of the on-mass sequencing approaches to try and identify the composition of communities derived from the DNA that we can derive from a community.
0: So what are the key messages from your article towards, for example, policymakers or stakeholders?
1: I think that the key messages are that the approaches we use can enhance what they currently do. We obviously need taxonomists and ecologists because they form the bedrock of everything that we do in relation to databases and ecological understanding and synthesis. However, the approaches that we use are generally more affordable and they are generally quicker and they're certainly more high throughput. So if a traditional taxonomist can identify the biodiversity composition of, for example, a kick sample from a freshwater ecosystem, maybe doing you know one or two or three samples a day, single molecular ecologist can work on, for example, 96 samples simultaneously or 384 samples simultaneously. And all of the molecular genetic analysis will go through that workflow together, including all the bioinformatics. So all the samples are analysed simultaneously from the general lab phase through onto the sequencing platforms and then into bioinformatic analysis downstream. And at the end of that bioinformatic analysis, you'll end up with something which does look very much like an ecological data matrix. It just so happens that the data matrix is populated by a very large number of taxa that resemble the species in your sample.
0: So are these sequencing approaches being used in any other disciplines or can you imagine them being used in any disciplines in the future?
1: Everything that we do from a, a macro-organism perspective has been derived from lessons that have been learnt from the people working in microbial uh, biospheres. Essentially, those guys have got no option because they cannot culture, so they cannot actually get hold of the, the taxa that they want to study. So they have been obliged to use sequencing approaches for many years. And so obviously there's a huge amount of investment in relation to microbiome research. So that's in relation to human microbiomes, in relation to health. And also general sequencing approaches are obviously increasing in throughput. costs are falling. Um, but also some of the machines are getting smaller. So some people, for example, are taking these machines into the field to try and perform for example, genome sequencing of pathogens in the field. And because some of the sequencing platforms are now approaching the size of, well, for example, a very large USB stick, there is a potential downstream for the whole technology to become miniaturised and then move the lab into the field. At least this is what lots of people are looking looking into. And so particular fields that will benefit are, for example, epidemiology and really anything that involves Assessing biodiversity will benefit from these sorts of approaches.
0: Does this article raise any new research questions?
1: I think that the purpose of the article is really to give ecologists that distillation of what the different sequencing-based approaches can offer, and then how they can be used in their particular fields. And so all sorts of different sequencing approaches can be used to quantify patterns of biodiversity or the composition of biodiversity. But for example in the future I expect to see a lot more research in the field of looking into ecological interactions between taxa but also the approaches lend themselves really well to for example food web analyses.
0: Have you made any new discoveries using these sequencing approaches?
1: Sure, we have discovered that because of the way that traditional taxonomists identify very small organisms that live in marine sediments, they find it very difficult to quantify the biodiversity generally, but also some of the major phyla in those sediments can't really effectively be preserved. Our sequencing approaches have revealed that flatworms, for example, are very misrepresentative in many ecological data sets because you can't actually preserve those creatures from a taxonomic perspective, how people normally preserve marine sediment cores. And so using our approaches, since we're just sequencing the DNA derived from these communities, you can see much better what is in the samples. We've also seen, because the oligonucleotide primers that we use amplify broadly across the tree of life, we can compare, for example, macroecological patterns of diversity and distribution, and we have also seen at the European level that marine interstitial animals have biogeographical structuring in their biogeographical distributions, compared to most protists' group in our analyses didn't show that structuring. So that generally shows that animals and protists adhere to different macroecological rules in relation to their distribution across those spatial scales, which is also important in asking questions about functional redundancy and how climate may affect these communities in the future.
0: Are there any areas in this method, when using it to identify biodiversity in the natural environment, that can be done to improve the method? Or is there anything that you're working on to improve the method in the field?
1: Certainly, there's definitely areas for improvement. I would say that the principal area for improvement is the population of DNA databases, where we have reference data for different species species. We do have global initiatives like the Barcode of Life initiative, whereby many, many hundreds of thousands of species now have standardised Cytochrome oxidase 1 sequences associated with them. But obviously there's many more taxa to be barcoded. That is being done for plants quite effectively, uh, but also different standard approaches have been agreed for other groups as well. So that's really important if you're interested in an ecological system, that you have a way of tracking what sequences arise from your for example, metabarcoding approaches, what those species actually are. Because once you finish your bioinformatic analysis, you need to be able to annotate those sequences as accurately as possible. When we talk to ecologists about these approaches, they're also very interested in the quantitative nature of the data set. And judging from numerous publications that have emerged over the past few years, the best way to synthesise those sorts of results are using different approaches. So using a metabarcoding approach... You will miss some taxa in your studies. That will not necessarily be the same for a shotgun sequencing approach. The coverage of your samples will be related to the amount of sequences that you perform your analyses with.
0: What do you think the next step in this field is going to be?
1: We will have to keep our eye on technology. The field of molecular ecology, and specifically DNA sequencing, has changed radically over the past 10 years. It is a really exciting time to work in this field because... We just couldn't do this ten years ago. And so we will have to see how the technology develops. We may move away from marker-based approaches, where you're looking at markers, to just simply performing shotgun sequencing, which will enhance the quantitative nature of data sets. But really, the, the whole drive of this manuscript is to get more of the community using these methods so that they can perform ecological analyses more robustly with more replicates or different levels of replication across time and space, and also looking into food web interactions, for example, ecological interactions between taxa, and making that engagement between ecologists that have been thinking about how to test various leading hypotheses in the field of ecology and taking advantage of these different approaches. And I will reiterate, this is to enhance existing biomonitoring programmes, i.e. to do the job more effectively and better, not necessarily to replace what is being done.
0: So I think that concludes our interview for today. I want to thank you, Simon Creer, for your time and good luck with your sequence-based approaches in the future.
1: Okay, thanks. Thanks for your time.